The Introvert's Edge podcast was designed to create a dialogue around introversion, to stimulate a discussion around our disadvantages, how we overcome those disadvantages, and what we consider our introvert's edge. Together, we're finally going to confront the stigma around introversion, showing that we're not second-class citizens. We're just different, and we need to embrace that. Hello everyone and welcome back to the Introverts Edge podcast. I'm ecstatic to have you all with me again today and I am beyond ecstatic to introduce you to my next guest, Matt Alderton. Now, Matt Alderton is actually the founder of a networking group called BX Networking. Yes, I know, another networking group and another introverted founder. Well, we're gonna ask him and really make sure that he is an introvert throughout the interview. He's also an author himself, and I'm ecstatic to introduce you to Matt Alderson. Welcome to the show, mate. Great to be here. Thanks, Matthew. <laughs> well, mate, I'm really interested in another introvert doing something that everyone knows that introverts aren't great at. At least <laughs> that's what the world thinks. So let's confront that topic for a second. Do you believe that introverts are disadvantaged, struggle more with networking, or is it just kind of you know popular psychology? Oh, I think that we can struggle more with networking. I'm not sure that uh, we should necessarily struggle more with networking. I think there's just that typical intimidation, anxiety that we have around walking into a room full of people, potentially having to introduce ourselves in front of a whole room of people and um, you know many of us right now are probably getting that anxiety adrenaline feeling just talking about it uh, and I can certainly relate to that um, and it's funny because people always say to me I can't believe you're an introvert and it's it's just like it's the reality is you've just got to fake it till you make it sometimes uh, but certainly there's uh, you know we all need to learn a few tips and tricks to make sure that we position ourselves great and have a fun time at networking. At the end of the day, it should be fun, right? Well, absolutely, though a lot of introverts especially perhaps don't have the amount of fun that they wish that they could have and potentially that they see their extroverted counterparts have. So I, I wanna really kind of drill down on this fake it till you make it thing because you know a lot of introverts don't want to behave like someone that they're not. They don't want to behave extroverted. When you say fake it until you make it, is that what you mean? Or is there something else you mean by that statement that introverts could really kind of take home and, and look at what they're doing or how they're behaving in a networking room? Yeah, it's a good question because sometimes when you say fake it till you make it, people think that we're being incongruent with who we are. And I'm not saying that, but it, it really comes down to everything in life is hard until you've done it enough times that it becomes easy. And that's what fake it till you make it is about. Uh, so I know um, and many of you I'm sure can relate to this, but back in high school, I remember we often had uh, presentations that we had to make to our class on certain topics for you know all sorts of, t all sorts of subjects. And even right now I can feel the, uh, the, the feeling I had back from when I was in high school about what that was like. And I, you know, I'd actually rather fail a course, if that's what it meant, than do a presentation or a speech in front of the class. Uh, and I was never any good at it in high school. But then I learned when I started working in, in corporate life that, and I was called upon to make presentations, that hey, if I wanted to be successful, then I'm gonna have to do a few things that are outside of my comfort zone. And as an introvert, that means often speaking in front of people where you typically wouldn't want to do it and you, you don't want to do it and, you, and you're not keen on doing it, but 
and the, and the reality of things are you, you're going to have to do it. And so fake it to you make it something that I've used where I've thought, well, you know what? I'm just going to put on the bravest face. I'm going to prepare as much as humanly possible so that I can relieve some of that anxiety about you know stuffing up or getting it wrong. And the more I did that, the more I realized actually that was the that was the element that built the confidence behind what I was doing. And that preparedness and and having that confidence comes from the preparation in itself. Um, but yeah, definitely fake it to make it is not about being someone that you're not. It's just about being the person that you want to be and that you're trying to be and putting that out there and then basically through the law of attraction, just working your way towards that. And hands down, I've been able to do that um, many, many times over. And uh, yeah, that's the reality to it. Look, I think that's a, a really great point to make. I think we had uh, Jay Papazan on the, on the show and he's uh, one of the co-authors of The One Thing book. And, you know, he said the first time he got uh, the opportunity to speak from stage, and when he says the word opportunity, he meant the horror of speaking on stage, was actually in front of 20,000 people at the Keller Williams conference. And he just got thrown in the deep end. He said, I can't remember anything that happened. But what he realized was that he had to put hours of preparation into every hour that he would ever be on the stage. And I think it's really an interesting thing when we think about the functional skills that a lot of people going out networking have, or even the functional skills of anyone that's in a job has. They put so much time into learning that functional skill, whether it be accounting, whether it be management, whether it be you know working on data entry, whatever that is, they spend a long time learning it. Then when it comes to public speaking, when it comes to networking, they just go and do it. And then of course it doesn't feel comfortable. Imagine if they weren't comfortable doing bookkeeping for the first time and they're a bookkeeper. That's what study is for and preparation. Yet in these skill sets, in our head, we tell ourselves we either have it or we don't. So you've clearly opened up a, a networking event. That must have meant that you had to go from, I don't like networking, I don't feel comfortable networking, to doing preparation, to eventually turning that preparation into helping other people prepare so that they could then follow a structure in a networking event. So before we get into structuring the networking event, I want you to take me back to your process when it came to you know initially looking at networking itself because you had to do it as a career professional, as a business owner, well before you started a networking event. So take me through that, how you went through the, I don't wanna do this, it terrifies me to, here's the preparation and what that looked like to now feeling comfortable in the act of networking. Totally. Well, I realized really on in business that most of my new clients were coming from referrals. And so when I unpacked that, I thought, well, how can I get more referrals? What will be the process of getting more referrals? And through my research and talking to people, I realized that the greatest opportunity to get more referrals was through networking, uh, which was not a very fun finding <laughs> that I found because it meant that I had to, if I wanted to be successful and get more referrals, I'd have to go out and do some networking. So you can imagine, I'm like, well, what other options are there? And really, that's the strongest and highest ROI activity I could have done around referrals was going to be through networking. So then I did a whole bunch of research and I looked up and I and I realized that, that being prepared for a networking event was going to help me reduce some of that anxiety. But I soon realized I was going to have to talk in front of people and do all that sort of stuff as well. And so that, you know, organizing myself and getting myself along to events. And really, at the end of the day, I think the more that I went along to, the more relaxed I got. 
Uh, but you can imagine, like still, you know, if you've got to stand up and you've got to present about your business, if you're prepared, it's a lot easier than if you just get up and wing it uh, in front of a whole bunch of people. And so I soon learned that preparing even that 40-second or 60-second presentation that you do at a networking event, the more organized we are with that, the, the better the results we're going to get, the more comfortable we are, we are going to be when we actually do present that. And so I, I went from doing networking to build my businesses to realizing that all the networking I was doing and who I was pitching for and who I was being educated to pitch for and who I was re- the, from the research and education and from the, the networking groups that I was going for, everyone was pitching for an end client. And so I, I thought I was going to be getting uh, direct referrals as a first instance, uh, but then I realized that what was missing is we were still kind of selling to each other. We're still kind of looking for each other to refer directly. And it just wasn't as organic and, and as fast and as exponential as I was hoping it was going to be. And it was through that sort of evolution that I learned that, hey, there's actually no networking out here that's really tapping into the opportunity of referral partnerships. And I know, Matthew, in your book that I've read, it's um, you talk about momentum partnerships. And um, so they're one and the same thing. And it just means tapping into that other business type, other business out there that has all the same types of clients that you've got in your business and connecting with that business owner and then you can refer to each other, your own clients. It's, it's, it seemed to be so obvious, yet I couldn't find it anywhere. And the more I did and the more events that I ran for my own businesses because we often had um, events as part of our sales pipeline for BX, which we did with our events and education and stuff like that, Everyone wanted more networking. So now my networking was feeding into me doing more networking and my clients were saying, hey, we need more networking. And that's how you know I ended up owning a networking organization because I was basically just feeding a hungry crowd. All my customers and clients were saying the same thing as what I was saying. Hey, there's nothing out here that really does what we need it to do from a networking perspective. And that's that's how it all came to being. Uh, but it's funny, isn't it? Because I, I, I think to myself on a regular basis, I don't know how I continue doing what I'm doing and still do what I do, um, given that it's, there's that you know trepidation. And trust me, it never goes away completely. You still stand up in front of a room of people. And if it's a strange, like you stand up in front of a strange room, you still get that feeling. But then if you're prepared and you're organized, then it doesn't show to the people that you're presenting to. It's more of a feeling that you've got than what's being perceived from the outside. Absolutely. And I'm glad you shared that. And actually, I want to focus on that just for a second before we come back to, to talking about momentum partnerships and champion relationships, which as you know, are my hot buttons, because I personally believe that if we're out networking, going, do you want to buy from me? Do you want to buy from me? What about you? What about you? Firstly, it doesn't feel very congruent for an introvert. But secondly, it's not going to get them out of that hamster wheel of struggling to find interested people, trying to set themselves apart, trying to make the sale. We all know that if we're doing that, it's also going to come down the price a lot of the time, which is the last thing that we want to do. Now, of course, there are strategies to combat that. However, the best way to combat it is to not start with a introduction, sorry, to start with an introduction as opposed to going in and just trying to close a deal with every person you meet, which also feels totally uncomfortable. But let's talk about this energy thing for a second, because I've seen you behind the scenes quite frequently. And I know for a fact that you put a ton of energy into running BX, to to running to a a whole bunch of different events and activities and leadership meetings and and things like that. But I've seen you when the camera's off, or I should say when the record button is off. (laughs) And it's like all of a sudden you hit a wall and you're exhausted. 
And a lot of times you'll say, I need to switch off, I need to have some downtime. So let's talk a minute about that because one of my assertions always is that introversion, the real version of introversion is where you draw your energy from. It's that you either draw it from being out and doing those activities. I mean, we, we know we've got a, a, a close friend, the two of us, Terry, who's charged up. He wants to talk to everybody after what, doing one of those events where you're very, very different. You, you are tired afterwards. What I would love to, to understand is kind of, well, it's, it's, it's a two-part question. Firstly, how you manage that level of energy so that you constantly stay on, or in your words, faking, faking it until you're making it. And then secondly, how you handle that, that come down afterwards, how you manage your energy, how you manage your team around those times where perhaps you're a little bit more irritable because you're tired. Talk me through that process a little bit. Well, certainly, you know, when you're running an event or you're going to a networking event, then and that whole faking it till you make it, it it's really just drawing on your energy to create that, uh, like that, to give yourself the confidence to be able to do what you need to do. Um, and also, that there's an expectation, obviously, when you're presenting, like what you do, Matthew, and when you're running events and things like that, people aren't going to want someone who's quiet and shy and, and inside their shell running an event, they want to draw off your energy. And I feel that that is what happens a lot of the time, that the energy that you bring to the surface is contagious. People either latch onto that, or if, if there's a lack of it, then it actually brings down a room. So you're always giving when you're presenting, and whether that's giving and presenting through an introduction to you and your business, or whether you're having a conversation with somebody at a networking event or any kind of event, at the end of the day, it's the energy you bring to the table. And But when you're an introvert, that energy is something that you're manifesting and creating uh, because it's it's not naturally there. Like with Terry, who's a high eye personality, um, he brews that stuff like he's brewing it in his sleep. Whereas we're we're st- we're storing a different kind of energy. And uh, and and the thing is, like, there's no you know right or wrong. There's no positive or negative uh, to a different personality. It's or a different type of person. Everyone everyone has their strengths and weaknesses, and and both sides and and both types of personalities do. And uh, but certainly when you're not an extrovert and you're an introvert, you have to draw and manifest that energy and create that energy, uh, which is possible to do. And you like you do it all the time. I've seen you speak, and and I do it when I'm speaking and and when I'm in a room full of people. But it is you know it's hard work, and uh, and it, I think it gets a little bit easier the more you do it. But still, you're drawing on something that's not naturally there. Uh, so the flip side is then when the camera's off or you, you get home at the end of an event or or whatever, it's like someone's flicked a switch and you could almost collapse. Um, I remember, you know, we launched our online events in the US a couple of weeks ago and, and we ran that event. It was like, you know, there was a massive full room of people. We were, we were cranking. Everyone was, you know, really just bubbly with energy and stuff like that. And, and we're on a Zoom call, so we're feeding ton more energy into it than we would in a normal face-to-face because you've got to keep a different kind of energy online. And I remember when I got to the end of that event, I like I could almost not drive home from the office. I was so exhausted because of what I was trying to achieve uh, because I'm trying to give so much energy to other people through the presentation that I'm doing and through the connecting that I'm doing. And whether that's you know you're saying you might think to yourself, well that Matt you're presenting to you know 40, 50 people, sure, but 
it's to me, it's exactly the same if I'm talking to one other person at a networking event. I'm trying to give the same level of energy, the same level of interest, and I'm trying to draw on that and manifest that from within myself to create a really great energy with people uh, when I'm meeting them one-on-one as well. So yeah, it's, it is it is definitely a challenge, but uh, you do need to have that recharge time. Otherwise, you can't back up and do it again, that's for sure. You know, I think that's an important message to, to share with people though. So you are outwardly spokenly an introvert and your team knows that about you. My team knows that about me. And they also know that if they call me after a, speaking in front of a thousand people, I'm gonna be, I'm not gonna say unstable, but just I'm emotionally told. I'm at the end of that line where I'm, I'm trying to keep my emotions at bay because they're a little bit more out of control. So my team know that and they know that I'm gonna, they have to plan for me to have that one hour come down after a keynote so that I can rebuild myself. And an hour from now, I'm back to, to, to charged. How do you educate your team so that they understand what's going on so that they don't take anything perhaps personally or that, so that, you know, or do you have strategies so that you don't have to use that as an excuse. What what do you do there? We're very process driven in our organisation, uh, so we use our calendars as a as a first rule. So people you know know uh, when they to call or contact or you know when is an appropriate time to get in contact. Um, so we block out time and they know when that certain time is for certain things. But the team also know that you know when, when we're running a big event uh, that we're going to have to be you know all drawing on that energy and really you know putting on a first class show and that's that's our aim for all of our uh, clients and guests and everybody that interacts with us um, but they also know with me that like when you're the front of that show and you're putting on that effort you need to have that recharge time uh, and so it is certainly something you need to have that conversation with your key people around you uh, but even back at home as well so my my wife and and my kids they know that you know dad's going to come home he's going to be mentally and physically drained um, and so they're, they're really good at supporting that as well. And, and it's important for to have that unit around you that understands what you need to be able to do that because it is, it's really, it's, it is a very draining exercise. And when you're in the moment, you, it, it all seems fine. But when you step away, it's like all of a sudden you've lost every inch of energy that you possibly had. It's, um, it's quite interesting, isn't it? Well, so I think that's really great advice. And I think that the main message I'm hearing is make sure your staff are aware and also make sure your family is aware because you're 100% right. There are times that I come and it was weird when I started doing virtual events and virtual you know, keynotes as opposed to going to a location. My wife got to see me within the hour of me finishing that keynote as opposed to the next day when I got home. And because of that, we, you know, I had to, you know, Netflix stayed. I didn't, you know, I, I had to have my own space afterwards. Not because, you know, I don't love my wife, but because I wasn't ready to communicate and talk. And she understood that. So she, you know, I'm not going to say she baby stepped around me, but she understood and empathized with that that was what I was doing and that I didn't want to talk for that hour. Not because I didn't like her at that time, but because I needed to be by myself, be in my own space, be in my own head for a little while to, to, to recharge. So it's so important that, that introverts hear that. And the other thing I want you to hear though, is that if Matt can go out and network and go to events every single day and manage his energy accordingly, 
Everyone here really has no excuse. If you only have to do it once a week, once every two weeks, it's totally worth it to have the rapid growth business that you love that revolves around you, your family, and your life, not the other way around. But to do that, I do not want you focusing on transactional relationships, which is actually how Matt and I met. You know, I was, I, I just was in the process of writing my book, The Introvert's Edge to Networking, and I started to talk about it if networking was all about transactional relationships, I would never have got out of that hamster wheel myself. And I talked about momentum partnerships, about people that you can joint venture with, that they are doing business with the same type of clients as you are, so you can support each other. The people that I talk about making hundreds of thousands of dollars a year from one momentum partner that just introduced me to all the podcasts that she'd been on, and I did the same for her. Not because we had a deal where we signed off on it, but because we agreed that it was uh, sorry, because we unspokenly agreed that it was mutually beneficial to each other and we believed in what each other were doing. And then my business literally exploded because of the champions that endorse my work constantly. People like Marshall Goldsmith, Michael Gerber, that are constantly telling the world that my work is worthy of people paying potentially a lot higher prices for it. And it was actually funny, I was doing a virtual presentation for a group in Australia called Business Blueprint. And the founder, Dale, said, Matt, you know, I, I, I know this guy, I actually just invested in his business because I really believe in joint venture relationships as well. And it's it, like outside a few synonyms, it's almost the exact same thing. So that's how I, I met Matt. And that's why, you know, I was like, we need to bring this to the United States. We need to bring it globally. And that's why I'm such a, a, a heavy ambassador of this ideology. And before we get into explaining why this is so important as a different version of networking for introverts, I really want to take a second to talk about the difference in the metrics. Matt, you talk about it often, the value that a joint venture partner or what I would consider a partial momentum partner has on the ROI long term for a business compared to a transactional deal. Would you like to share a little bit about that? Yeah, well, certainly transactional deals are mostly one-off opportunities. Sometimes you get customers repeat purchases, but that next level up, um, and I kind of describe it when I'm talking to our, our members as it being like an upside down triangle. If you're going for the transaction, it's the bottom pointy part of the triangle, and there's not many opportunities that happen like that if you're looking at the total sales opportunity. Uh, if you're looking for direct referrals from people, uh, so you're saying, hey, if you know someone who needs my products and services, let them know. Well, to me, that's an organic thing. That just happens anyway. So if you have a relationship with somebody then and they know you and like you and trust you, then they find out someone needs your products and services. Of course, they're going to say, hey, you should speak to Matt about that. But it's really the next level up, which is the, the base of the triangle with it flipped. And that's the referral partnerships or the momentum partnerships. And there's lots of opportunities there. And that's because your other referral partners have lots of people, clients of theirs, that have the need for your products and services. And the beautiful thing about it is they're doing the selling for you. You're not doing any selling. And this is, and I try and communicate this all the time ad nauseum, that networking and, and building relationships is, there's no selling involved in that. Absolutely no selling. Networking, there should be no selling. Referral partnerships, no selling. Every conversation you have is about what value you can bring, what help you can bring somebody. And when you do that with a referral partner, they're going to be thinking of you when they're in front of their clients and prospecting their clients on behalf of you. And the beauty of that is that, say you're a business coach, 
and you're having a conversation with one of your clients and you've got a referral partner who is a digital marketing agency and you say to your coaching client, you know, so talk to me about what you're doing from a marketing perspective. You're trying to grow your business, which is great. I'm going to help you do that as a coach, but talk to me about, you know, what are you doing from a marketing perspective? Do you have, you know, an SEO company that does any SEO work for you? Are you doing any AdWords? Are you doing any Facebook advertising? If their answers are no, 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 or, or yes, I have, but they're terrible, then I go, well, actually, you know what? I'm going to introduce you to my my good friend Joe Bloggs, who is a digital agent who has a digital agency, and they are amazing, and I and I love them. I send lots of clients their way because they do such a great job. Um, now I'm going to introduce you. I'm going to send you an introduction to Joe Bloggs, the uh, digital agency, and so I can introduce them via email. And then when Joe calls up my client and says, hey, you know, great to meet you. And, um, you know, it was really nice of Matt to introduce me. I, I'd love to talk about how he could possibly help you. I've already done the selling on behalf of Joe. Joe doesn't need to sell his products and services. He just needs to talk to the person, find out more about what they do because he knows they need him. And so that's how the relationships work. It's amazing because it just creates so many opportunities and so many warm introductions from the, to clients that actually need your products and services that have already been sold to by your referral partners who are doing it in an organic, natural way that have recognized the need, that have recognized they need your products and services and, and vice versa. You're doing the same on behalf of your referral partners as well. It's brilliant. And I don't know why there's no, we haven't had more opportunities like this, but partnerships just create so many more opportunities. And the thing I love the most about it is that they're not linked to any membership of any kind. So typically, uh, the way lots of networks have worked is that they've done it and kept it within the networking group. Whereas I love that, um, and, and our whole vision of BX is helping you to build a business for the future of business of your dreams. And to do that, we want to give you the relationships, connections to people to build those relationships that stay with you for as long as you nurture those relationships, which could be forever. Um, and that's what I love. So we're helping you build a business for the future. Uh, and that's how you should be treating all of your partnerships for the long term. And um, you can get just exponential value out of, of leveraging and working with and supporting a partner like that. So I think what's really important for people to understand is that that conversation sounds like you've got somebody constantly referring you to people. When you go to a networking event though, that's not what you're looking for. You're looking to have a dialogue with someone that could potentially introduce you to someone like that so you can foster that relationship. And what's powerful about that is you're not trying to sell to the person you're speaking to. You're not even trying to sell to the person that they introduce you to. You're only looking to get an introduction to someone that you can collaborate with in the future to share clients. And I've seen this happen amazingly well. People that have read my book that go, my niche is gonna be restaurants, I'm in insurance. Somebody else's niche is in restaurants, but they're an accountant. So now they're sharing leads because they both are passionate about helping the people in the restaurant space. So all of these relationships can happen so easily if that's what your focus is, as opposed to, can you, can you introduce me to someone that I can sell to, which does not work as well and also means that you're getting on the phone to, a really, to have a really uncomfortable conversation to somebody that you know may or may not want your services, as opposed to somebody where the partner is identified, they have a real need, so they've done the introduction. The thing I really love about this is, you know, when I give out introductions, if I've got to introduce you to someone that you're gonna to sell to, I've really got to qualify that you're the person that they're going to need. 
On the alternative though, for me, is that I can introduce you to somebody that I think that you might be a great referral partner with. You guys can then have a dialogue, verify each other's products are great before you do it. But on a single introduction, there's a lot of due diligence that has to go into a single introduction. But then not much for the second, third, fifth, 10th, 100th. So these referral partnerships or momentum partnerships can last years and generate a ton more income. So instead of getting a $5,000 deal here, a $30 deal there, instead you're looking at long-term income from a referral partnership. And there's a whole ton of statistics that highlight that if you can get five of these relationships and you know the, the general estimate is that you can make about 20,000 per referral partner, well now you're making $100,000 a year forever as long as you maintain that relationship. Next year you get five more, the year after that you get five more and that's what really allows that business to grow and your prices to grow as demand grows from those introductions. So Matt, I wanna get into, I know you've, you've got a, a special invitation that you wanna share uh, with everybody because you, you, you politely offered to, to let people enjoy an, an event to get some practice doing the development of generating these referral relationships that, you know, and I know your events include a ton of training on how to actually foster those. But I really want to ask you one really important question first. I ask it of all of my guests, which is, what do you consider your introvert's edge? <laughs> so I, I guess being an introvert makes you very consciously aware of what your potential limitations are. And so being an introvert, when I reflected on that, I knew that my my challenge was always going to be having conversations with people. And so I just I read lots of books. And I tell you what, the, the one book that uh, made the biggest difference was How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. And truly, uh, I've implemented so many strategies out of uh, how to win friends and influence people. Um, I, I remember I actually read it on my honeymoon uh, and there's a funny story there about how um, I was talking to my wife about all the tips and tricks that I was learning in there about, you know, remembering people's names and learning people's names. And we put that to practice on our honeymoon um, at restaurants and stuff like that. And it blows your mind. And so when you're aware of what your limitations are potentially as an introvert and that um, you tend to hold back and you tend to you know, stay away from the crowd and, and to not step forward and engage and you realize the opportunities you miss by doing that. And so my introvert's edge would be that through just learning about what can make me a better connector and, and, and connect better with people, um, I've actually become really good at it. And uh, it's, I don't think I would have ever done that had I been an introvert because I know a lot of extroverts that, uh, that haven't taken the time to learn that skill because they feel it's a natural skill. Um, but when you're an introvert and you learn about a skill and you implement it, you're consciously aware of what you're doing. So I'm always consciously aware of listening to people and asking questions and, and, and really engaging. And I find that through that conscious act, I connect way better with people than I think a lot of my extroverted friends do. And uh, so I reckon that's my introverted edge, my introvert edge. You know what, I'm, I'm really ecstatic that you said that because my whole thesis of all my books is that when you have great process and great planning, as an introvert, you hold on to that for dear life, which is why I believe that introverts outsell, out-network, out-lead, out-public-speak, all of our extroverted counterparts that are just winging things all the time. Because a planned presentation will always outperform somebody that's winging it, especially in the long term. So I'm really ecstatic that you share what I consider one of the most important uh, introverts' edges, and one that I would suggest that every person listening today can embrace, because then you get to leverage the amazing abilities 
qualities you have of active listening and empathy that allow you to create that even deeper relationship. Again, skill sets that extroverts can learn, but ones that you possess naturally. So now I want to quickly, because we're running to the end of this interview, there are a couple of things we need to talk about. Firstly, I'll say up front that, you know, I personally believe that there is a ton of value in learning how to create these referral relationships, which is why we're going to interview Matt again for the Quietly Influential Summit. So if you want to check out that interview, make sure you go to the quietlyinfluentialsummit.com and there you'll be able to access the free event where you'll be able to access that interview. Now, on top of that, Matt has been very gracious to provide a educational training for everybody inside Introvert You, which is a micro training to help you learn how to be how to get more comfortable with networking and getting yourself into the networking room. It's a perfect complement to my work because it'll help you understand the steps that you really need to take so that you feel like you're presenting the best version of yourself in a comfortable and congruent way. So definitely check that out at introvertyou.com. However, the one that I'm really excited to share with you today is the invitation to actually put this to work. Because as introverts, if we're learning stuff and we're not actually applying what we learn, or if we like the concept, but we don't actually take that first step forward, well, let's be honest, it's easy for us to talk ourselves out of it, get ourselves into you know, um, information paralysis where we're trying to consume too much to get better at something we're never actually going to apply. So today, our focus is to force you into action. And we're gonna do that with an invite to a networking event that's completely free. And Matt, do you wanna tell people a little bit more about that? Yeah, so they're called our BX Online and we've been running them for, since 2018. We added them to our membership offering uh, to help people connect more globally. Uh, and we've launched in the US with our BX Online events uh, just recently um, in preparation for our, launching our face-to-face -face events across the country. And uh, by coming along to a BX Online event, they're, they're similar to what we would run in a face-to-face -face event. I think they're actually better for an introvert because you can hide a little bit behind your camera there and uh, you don't have to feel like you're in a big room of people. You can be prepared. You can read your, your introduction and that to, to people off your screen or an, on a bit of paper in front of you. So it gives you the ability to put to practice some of the skills that you may have learned through the, the micro training that I provided or through some other stuff that you've read as well and learned about online. Uh, but the key is they're, they're, they're really great and they're a great introduction to networking. You, know, you have an opportunity to introduce yourself and your business in the 40-second introduction round. We have a presentation by one of our members at every event um, that goes for about 10 or 15 minutes where they give, no, it's not a salesy thing, it's an insight into what they do or some educational elements into their area of expertise. Uh, and then we do what I know many people rave about, which is the three one-to-ones. And that's where you get to talk one-on-one -on -one with three other people in three separate one-to-ones. And people rave about it because, and I know us introverts will love it because it takes us away from that big room of people and puts us into a room with one other person where we can kind of relax and then have a conversation. And they're short and punchy, so they're nice and quick. You don't have to worry about how do I drag this out for a long time. You ask a couple of questions, I'll ask a couple of questions. You'll just learn about each other's business a little bit and see maybe learn a bit more about connections and, and uh, how you can help each other. And it goes very fast. People always come back and go, wow, that time went so fast. But it gives you a bit more of a deep dive than what you typically get at most networking online. Uh, but you, we do this in the face-to-face -face meetings as well as the online meetings. So come along and check out one of our complimentary BX Online events 
put into practice some of the stuff that you've learned today and through the micro training. And I, I guarantee you'll walk away going, wow, like I got something out of that. But it's great practice. It's really great practice. And as I said before, you know, preparation, put some prep in place to, to learn some of the skills you might need. And when you register, we'll send you some resources and templates and stuff like that as well, which can help you prepare. Because we want you to feel comfortable when you walk in the door or come online so that you're organized and you're mentally prepared and you can sit back and relax. And they're fun and they, they go super fast. So you'll have lots of fun as well. Perfect, Matt. Thank you for sharing that. And for those people listening, you know, the thing that I loved about this specific event is at the beginning, you get to introduce yourself and then say, this is the type of referral partnership that I'm looking for. And that's key because there are people that are taking note of that and what all the other people do. So they're actually in the background crazily matching you up to make sure that that one-on-one is with someone that could truly benefit your business or could potentially introduce you to someone meaningful. We've seen people, you know, get introduced to partners where lots of deals take place. We've seen people get introduced where they're on a podcast the following week because of that introduction. So the preparation stuff's great for us introverts so you can understand the structure. Don't go in with an expectation to sell, but to create those partnerships or get introduced to people that can create those, introduce you to people that can help create those partnerships for you. And then in those one-on-ones, you get the opportunity to really share. Like if you wanna put to practice what you've learned in the introvert's edge, it's a great opportunity to do that because you can literally grab the strategies in the book and apply them directly to those one-on-ones. So those people are, oh my gosh, I love that. I'm so passionate about what you're passionate about. Let me introduce you to these right people. So I really would recommend you check out one of these events. Definitely check out the training in Introvert You. Check out what the right type of referral relationship is for you, which we're gonna be talking about in the Quietly Influential Summit, but do not wait to do all of that before you come to this networking event. And what I'm going to suggest to everyone is that we're gonna give you two tickets to come to the BX Live or the BX Virtual. And when I say virtual and live, we are actually, or we have, by the time you listen to this recording, have live events happening in the United States. So because of that, you'll be able to put to to work, if it's a live event, what you've learned in a live event or in a virtual event the first time and get a feel of the event and understand what things you need to get better at next time, see the difference in networking, and then once you've consumed the information, you can come to the second one if you like and put it to work again. So I really would recommend people don't delay. It's about ripping off that band-aid and doing the thing that we find uncomfortable and realizing it's not as hard as we think. You know, we've got a lot of those steps once we're following a more regimented process, which BX networking definitely provides. So I'm gonna put a link to accessing that free event in the show notes, but I also am gonna give you a short link for those people that are listening to this on their way to work, on their way to see a customer. Go to matthewpollard.com forward slash BX and you'll be able to access the tickets or the free tickets I should say and register automatically for the event you know right away and hopefully we've got a live event right near you but if we don't then definitely check out the virtual events for this introvert I guarantee I love the virtual events because I get to not have to commute there and not have to commute back when I'm exhausted so it's a great opportunity you dedicate the time you make great use of that and you get back to your day job right so everybody definitely check that out the website address is matthewpollard.com forward slash BX. But definitely check out the BX networking website. There's a ton of great resources there. And for today, I just want to thank Matt for for coming on and thank you for your generous offer. Pleasure. Thanks very much, Matthew. Thanks, everyone. And I will see you on the next episode of the Introverts Edge podcast. Cheers. 
I'm Matthew Pollard, the author of The Introvert's Edge to Networking. I'm on a mission to help introverts to be proud of who we are. For the first time, you'll learn a process for networking that feels comfortable and authentic to you as an introvert. A process that doesn't feel salesy or awkward in any way. I saw at least half of my board members, three in particular that I can think of, that now are so comfortable in literally going up to people at events, all of a sudden I can see the confidence. Most of the networking books and literature out there really focus on hardcore tactics designed for extroverts. As introverts, we're different and we need to embrace that. We need a system that allows us to channel our natural introverted strengths into the networking room. You will learn how to be successful at face-to-face -face networking and a masterful online networker on your terms. It's beautifully written and it provides tremendous value. So I, I, I am honored to, to say, folks, if you haven't looked at the book, you really need to check out this guy's book. It's, it's excellent. It gives you that confidence to truly be yourself, knowing that you're gonna be presenting yourself in a way that is authentic and will also really resonate with the person that you're talking with. One of the things you'll love about the Introvert's Edge to Networking is it's jam-packed full of more than 20 stories of introverts just like you. People that have likely started in much tougher spots than where you are right now and how they've leveraged the strategies that you'll be learning to obtain phenomenal career and small business success. I was about to give up on my business. The results started coming in right away. In fact, a year later, the Chamber of Commerce awarded me the business of the year. <laughs> you need to go read his book because everything he does is what people need whether they're an introvert or not. I've been fortunate to receive endorsements from some exceptional introverts like Neil Patel and Ivan Meisner, the founder of the world's largest networking group, BNI. What I love about the introvert's edge is that it talks about the things that make an introvert successful. The introvert's edge to networking is going to destroy all of the barriers that you have around whether success in networking is possible for you. Now I'm up to kind of five figures, you know, triple my prices or more. It was like the deals just kept coming in and coming in and it, I mean, it was incredible. Like I had never seen anything like it before. I was able to triple my revenue and that's happened within six months. We've gone from 10 million a year to 20 million a year. I wrote The Introvert's Edge to networking after the success of the first in the Introvert's Edge series, which focused on sales. I decided that it was just as important, perhaps even more so, that we had a networking book that was designed to help us as introverts dominate in the networking room and in online networking that was specifically written for us. So if you're an introvert, don't delay. Head to theintrovertsedge.com forward slash networking to get access to the first chapter of my new book completely for free today.